It's time to talk UK sports with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is the Leach Report Radio Network. Join in the discussion by tweeting your questions to at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. And you can call 877-904-1080. Now, along with an outstanding lineup of guests and broadcast to the most passionate fan base in America, the Big Blue Nation, here's the voice of the Wildcats. Tom Leach. Well, it is a voice of the Wildcats. Dick Gabriel filling in for Tom today. Part of the broadcast team I am, and I actually have been for more than 30 years, in fact. I found out not long ago, this is not bragging, it's just what it is, that I've been hanging around for so long that I'm the longest tenured person in the history of the UK network, you know, even longer than Kaywood was around. So because Kaywood did games for 39 years, but the network wasn't around that long. So I have been incredibly fortunate to work uh, for the UK network and, of course, with Kaywood and Ralph and now Tom. And the great thing about that was, first of all, Kay was just a, a wonderful guy and a tremendous gentleman. Ralph Hacker was my first boss and is, is still a great friend and a mentor and a guy I learned a lot from. And Tom and I were uh, terrific uh, friends before he became the voice of the Wildcats, so, and that's why I was so overjoyed when he got that job. So when you can work like that with people you really trust and admire and, and really, really like, it just makes it it's just a lot more fun as you can imagine. And I've been on the other side of the street where you're you're stuck with somebody, you know, occasionally that you really don't care for or get along with and it makes it a lot tougher or they make it tough on you. So anyhow, um, I'm glad to be with you and I am uh, in case you uh, aren't aware of how things work for me during the pandemic, I'm in my garage. Tom has a little office slash studio off uh, off of his garage. It's, it was a room that he sort of transformed. Um, and of course, given his life and work and job, uh, something that he puts to great use. Prior to the end of the last calendar year, I worked full time at WKYT TV here in Lexington, and then freelance work uh, at WLAP Radio. And for the UK network, so uh, never had a need for a home studio. So when this all popped up, I mean, literally overnight, hey, you got to do your show from somewhere else. You can't come to the radio station. I'm not essential. And uh, so I, I, they gave me this remote gear, same kind of gear Tom uses. And our our modem, believe it or not, for our uh, our our house here, my wife and me, is in our basement slash garage. And the easiest way to to hook everything up was to set up the gear near right near the modem. Well, so I'm sitting next to the washing machine. My car's over to my right, and my gear is sitting on an ironing board. Why? Well, because that's where it, that's that was what was standing when I set up the gear. Grabbed the table, threw the computer on it, but the radio gear's on an ironing board. You know what? It works. So glad to be here. Uh, quickly, some U.K. headlines, and we start off with a really sad story. Colin Brown, who had been battling a form of bone cancer in his left thigh, a U.K. golfer, has died. He lost his battle with cancer. And, of course, the U.K. community is reeling from that. Painful moments, uh, uh, said Mitch Barnhart. And uh, uh, his uh, his head coach, Brian Craig, said, I cannot properly put into words how much I loved Cullen and his family. 
So just just some really sad times for him. He was a native of uh, Eddyville, All-SEC as a freshman and a former Kentucky State champion. The SEC has announced adjusted dates for preseason football activities, and the first allowable practice now is August the 17th. As you know, opening day is coming up on September 26th. The Big Ten has released its schedule. We're going to talk about that throughout the show today. And by the way, the uh, links for the Big Blue stories are on TomLeachKY.com. That's brought to you by Bud Light. Coming up on the show today, Mike Pratt, Chris Fisher, and Jeff Bacoro will get to it. In just a moment, you're listening to The Leach Report. It's The Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Welcome back to The Leach Report. Dick Gabriel sitting in for Tom. And let us go now to our first guest of the day. And that, uh, of course, is uh, brought to you by Boone's Butcher Shop in Bardstown. Mike Pratt joins us. He, of course, is Tom's partner on the UK Basketball Network, but an avid football fan. Coach, how are you today? Hey, Gabe, I'm doing fine. I got my uh, two and a half miles in this morning. Went a little short. Usually do three, but... It was a beautiful morning, and uh, I'm I'm ready to roll, big boy. It it really is a great morning. It's not nearly as hot as it's going to be, of course. So yeah, get out there, get some exercise right now. Uh, all I got to do is walk the dog this morning, but I'll get mine in later on. Um, I know everybody expects you to talk basketball, but as I said, uh, you are an avid football fan. And uh, when I have you on my show here in Lexington, I always wait till the end, and we don't have enough time to talk football. So let me talk to you about football, but I want you with your coach's hat on because everything is so different right now. And you may have talked, forgive me if you've talked about this with Tom already or, or other people, but I'm really curious about the fact that you athletes are, are creatures of repetition. Everything's about reps, you know, and that's a good thing. That's, that's muscle memory. That's how we learn. That's how the game slows down, et cetera. I'm wondering, Coach, what kind of an impact, and it's a general question I realize, but as a guy who has coached at the, the, the college level and the professional level, what kind of impact do you think the change in routine and the uncertainty that we've got right now, what kind of effect do you think that might have on the college football world? Well, we are in uncharted waters, to say the least. And uh, based upon how coaches feel and how training has played out uh, in all sports, uh, the way you mentioned, um, this has got to affect. This has got to affect uh, the players to a degree. Now, saying that, you know, they got a little time off now, I think, and then they come back and uh, they what back the season up till the end of uh, September. So yes. they'll have time. Uh, assuming everything goes, and it's not going to go normal. They're going to have some issues. People are going to test positive. Yada yada. Okay. But saying that everybody stays safe and they're able to to do the workouts and get back in a in a routine in a, in a rhythm to their life as a football player, I think uh, they'll be fine. Um, but it's gonna it's it will be interesting because some will do better than others with this. Mm-hmm. Some will, I would bet, and some will uh, acquire the ability to do do it quicker than others, but. Uh, I think the key is how how uh, how can you bring your team along, and um, in a good 
matter of time. You don't want to wait till the end and sit there looking at a, a four and six record if you lose your last two or or whatever it is. You want to get out of the shoot early, yep. and that really depends on how these guys respond. And it's a great advantage, in my opinion, in my opinion, that Mark Stoops is bringing back a really experienced team. He's built that depth, and depth, of course, means experience, and quality depth means uh, you know people who aren't just freshmen looking for their first action that's got to be a huge plus obviously for Kentucky don't you think absolutely I I look at this team and I've read about them and of course I've followed them and watched them and all that kind of stuff and and I think coach Stoops and his uh and his crew and this team were we're headed to huge things this year you know with that line both sides of the line coming back and the running backs are solid and I think a, a lot uh, had to do with the health at the quarterback position. Yeah. Seems to me that uh, Terry Wilson feels very confident about his health. Um, I haven't heard anything about the rest of the guys, but I think that's the really the only question mark you have, Gabe. This this could have been, it, it, and sc- still could be, as good a football team as the Cats have had in a while as far as um, uh, the depth. And now there's you know not going to be certain playmakers that we've had in the past, We but we don't know. But I love that line on both sides. I'm with you, and you mentioned running backs. That's that's a given, in my opinion. There's so much quality depth. And, again, it's proven quality depth. All of the guys that we've seen, they're not going to make you forget Benny Snell, but, but they all bring something different to the table, which is terrific when you're looking at the opportunity to rotate people in and out. The biggest question mark offensively is who can stretch the field. And, you know, it was interesting, Coach, last year – on media day, um, I was, and of course, before anything happened to Terry and before the great Lynn Bowden story unfolded, but we were talking to a lot of uh, the guys on offense about who do you think will have a big season? And without exception, they all said Josh Ali because he had done so well in the workouts leading up. And that, and, you know, of course, he caught the touchdown pass uh, that won the game in the bowl. Uh, but so many people said that's the guy who can get out and make plays. And, in fact, Ahmad Wagner said when he was looking for people to emulate, he said, Lynn Bowden, I learned a lot from him, but he said, you know, learning how to run routes, it was Josh Ali. So, you know, I think, Mike, if he has a year, whoever's playing quarterback is going to benefit greatly. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're playing pitch and catch. And yeah. If you can pitch it, you got to have a catcher, right? You gotta, yep. you got to have somebody can catch it and consistently run the, the proper routes. And the kid seems to be a great uh, route runner. Um, I, look, assuming there's no injuries, that depth at, at running back, I think, will prove to be a, a triple plus because of the line. But in, in case of injury, you know, there's some guys back there that can play, can step yep. up and play. But, yeah, I've always thought that uh, we haven't really maximized our wide receivers for whatever the reason. You know, I know Stoops is a run guy, and that's okay. But, boy, I'd, I'd like to see him stretch that field by using a guy like Ali or some of the other receivers. And we'll see We'll see how healthy Terry Wilson is. He, he, you know, he really had a cannon for an arm. Yep. Um, but his touch on the short ones uh, was erratic. But maybe that's improved. I mean, we don't know. Uh, we haven't seen him. We haven't yeah. seen anybody. But, but I, I like that he's healthy because that was the only question mark on the team in my mind as far as, I mean, look, I'm not saying they're the number one team in the country. I thought – and still think they're very, very good. Yeah. But you look across the line, and the only question mark is is the health at the quarterback spot. Yep. 
and I think Wilson was showing signs of improvement in the short game when he got hurt. Talking to Mike Pratt on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. All right, let me shift it to basketball. Um, and, again, a similar question, but you've got one, basically one, veteran returning, and I've, I've wondered this for quite a while. Do you think that the early games, the early few weeks – for the Wildcats, will that kind of be a painful process for the fans to watch? Uh, or, or are these guys coming in so talented that, you know, they'll be able to, to get by at least for a little while just on their own ability? Well, it depends on what kind of season we have, where we start it, who we play and who we don't play. We, we just don't know, okay? Yeah. But assuming that we start on time and everything is um, it, it plays out as scheduled that way, um Calipari, this he's got his uh, he's got his work cut out for him. This is going to be a tough year, uh, as far as not that they're not talented, but as far as pulling them to, together and understanding what he says and what he means by what he says, being comfortable uh, with each other and with the coaching staff, it's going to be a, it's going to be early an up and down deal. And um, I think as we go forward in the year, you'll see you'll see their talent come to light. The, the light bulb will go on and. They'll play well together, and, and uh, they, they've got talent. If they get SAR um, eligible, uh, they've got you know they've got a team that can make a run with anybody. And uh, but we're going to have some bumps in the road early. Yeah, and we've seen that before, you know. But it's yep. interesting. You always tell everybody, "Don't worry, just think about what happens in February, right?" And that'll be the same for this team. Absolutely, nothing changes. Yep, there's more young players, talented young players, less experienced players, but the process is the same, right? So come February, we'll see where this team is, and we'll see them develop, and uh, let's just hope we get to see basketball, Gabe, yes. and football. Yes, Connecticut has canceled its football season, first FBS team to do that, so... Wear your mask, folks. Wear your mask. We want football. We want basketball. Mike Pratt, who is Tom Leach's partner on the U.K. Basketball Network. Thank you, Coach. Go out and enjoy this gorgeous day a little bit more, and I hope to see you soon. You got it, Gabe. You enjoy it, too. See you. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Dick Gabriel sitting in for Tom Leach. You are listening to The Leach Report. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. Welcome back to the Leach Report. Dick Gabriel in for the voice of the Wildcats. And joining us now on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline is Chris Fisher of the Cats Paws. And you can follow him at Chris Fisher 247. Of course, the Cats Paws part of the 247 network. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm excellent. It feels like fall outside. Now I just uh, hope we can get some football to go with it. Oh, man, I'm telling you. And as I just talked to uh, Mike Pratt, uh, UConn has canceled its season, the first FBS school. And I can't imagine, Chris, that it's going to be the last. No, I don't think so. I think it's more than likely a harbinger of, of bad things to come and uh, you know, in, in some instances, you look at it and, you know, is it's, it's playing 10 games in conference all that much safer than than yeah. playing 12 games? And so, you know, I, I'm not an expert. Like Mark Stoops likes to say, that's above my pay grade. And um, we'll just, uh, we'll just, I'll leave it up to the experts and we'll just kind of have to wait and, and see how things play out. 
Yeah, unfortunately, that's true. That you know, when when we say that, uh, people want to they want more. They want more information. We don't have it. Nobody has it. You know, it is such a fluid situation. Uh, I think it is a good sign, though, that the NBA is working to the to for the, for the most point. You know, some hiccups, but the bubble is working. But of course, there is no bubble for college football. And uh, by the way, speaking of the NBA, I read your recap of Anthony Davis game the other night. I mean, it's crazy how much better this guy is. Now, not surprising. Everybody who has an NBA career generally gets better. But how how much better can he get, Chris? He is phenomenal. Yeah, he's he's a mix of, you know, being a generational talent and having, you know, all the tools in the toolbox. And on top of that, a guy that is, disciplined and, and willing to, to put in the work, uh, made four three-pointers, mm. uh, which tied a, a career high. I think it was the fifth game this season where he's made at least four threes. And it makes sense. I mean, that's the way the the NBA is going. That's dir- the direction it's been heading for a while now. Even guys like Anthony Davis are stepping out on the perimeter. And, you know, if you're going to step out and face up and shoot an 18-footer, you might as well take a step back and, you know, <laughs> get an extra point out of it and so uh but yeah his his transformation over the years is, has been phenomenal and with all due respect to lebron james i think he's been the best player on the court since uh, the nba restarted I, I fully agree he had 42 the other night against the jazz and as you pointed out did some of his major damage against rudy gobert who's only one of if not the best defensive player in the league but to your point about threes i didn't realize how widespread it was until i saw demarcus cousins when he was healthy shooting three-pointers yeah, it's um, it's it's pretty much commonplace at, at this point, and you know, shoot uh, a, such a premium has been placed upon shooting that you know, if you're a guard, if you're you know, say a, a guy like Ashton Hagen, where there are some question marks about your outside shooting, and you're a guard, there's really no place for you in in today's NBA. And um, like you mentioned, Demarcus Cousins stepping out, and, and and Anthony Davis as well, and it's it's a copycat league and. Uh, you know, gold, teams like Golden State and, yep. and Houston and, to a lesser extent, uh, Toronto really employed, you know, kind of that wide-open right. style, and other teams have, have, have copied it and, and had success as well. More in a minute with Chris Fisher on the Leach Report. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. Welcome back to the Leach Report. Dick Gabriel in for the voice of the Wildcats. And joining us right now on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline is Chris Fisher of the Cats Paws and 247 Sports. You mentioned Ashton Hagens a minute ago, Chris. And as you know, this is the time of year where uh, bloggers, writers, talk shows, we're all looking to, to create content. And, of course, the mock drafts are a big part of that. And NBC Sports has one out that's on your all's website on the 247 site. And it's got Tyrese Maxey, the highest-rated Wildcat, at 15. I've seen him, seen him as low as 18 and 20. And uh, some of the other Wildcats below him, including Ashton Hagens, who at, his, at the height of his defensive prowess his freshman year, was rated as high as 18th on mock boards, but then began to drop. So do you think this will be a disappointing draft for the Wildcats? But I guess any time you're drafted by an NBA team, that's something to be excited about. But what do you see happening? 
Yeah, I mean, when you look at Kentucky's draft prospects for this year, they're kind of all over the board. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is uh, widely considered by far Kentucky's best uh, draft prospect. A potential lottery pick is some have him kind of slipping down into uh, maybe the late teens, early 20s. But I think it says more about Kentucky's team and the, the success that they were able to have going 25 and 6 overall and, and 15 and 3 in the SEC uh, without, you know, two or three lottery picks, without, you know, multiple first round picks. And uh, the way they kind of bought into each other and, uh, you know, went to that three guard lineup at the midway point of the season and, you know, I think went uh, 12 and 3 or 13 and 3 the, the rest of the way. And so I, I think it says more about them. But, you know, I, I think when you look at guys like Emmanuel quickly, uh, somebody's going to get an absolute steal with him if he yep. goes in the second round. He's a, he's tailor made for today's NBA. He can step out and, and shoot it. He can uh, create for himself or for others off the bounce, and and he's a capable defender. And so I, I think he has everything that that you're looking for. Obviously, you know, guys like Ashton Hagens and, and Nick Richards and, and even Khalil Whitney have some major question marks, and those guys could be potentially taken um, in, in the second round. But um, it, it's crazy. If, if Tyrese Maxey doesn't go in the lottery, it will be the first year that John Calipari's been at Kentucky that he hasn't produced a lottery pick. And that just shows you the insane level of, of success that he's had at the program over the last decade. But I, I do like your analysis and completely agree with what it does say, the fact that these guys are, you know, no higher than rated 15th in a lot of polls, uh, the job that they did pulling together and that Calipari did and his staff pulling these guys together uh, was really impressive. You know, and here's the other thing to remember about these mock drafts. I've read three within the last week and a half, and all three had somebody different going number one. NBC had James Wiseman, another one had LaMelo Ball, and another one, and a lot of them do have Anthony Edwards. So it's all in the eye of the beholder. And it's interesting about Tyrese Maxey was the biggest knock on him is he can't shoot. And yet, you know, he set the nation on its ear, as you know, uh, with that very first game when he shot the lights out. Yeah, I think Tyrese Maxey is a much better shooter than uh, he showed at Kentucky last season. I think for whatever reason, he just never got quite comfortable uh, shooting the ball. And I think part of that is because, you know, John Calipari doesn't want these guys just standing on the perimeter and shooting standstill jumpers. He wants them attacking the rim first and foremost. And so I think some guys kind of get that in their head a little bit where they start to hesitate, well, should I shoot it, should I drive it? And then you see some of those shooting percentages go down. But uh, but he was at his best when, when the lights were the brightest. You mentioned the Michigan State game, the, the Louisville game uh, at Auburn. He yep. played really, really well. And he's another guy, you know, kind of a, a very, you know, prototypical combo guy who can play on or off the ball. He can, you know, assume – uh, duties at the at the point guard position, or he can play off the ball and and you know play as as a scorer. So I think he has a, a ton of value, whether it's uh, in the lottery or in the middle part of the first round. And of course, the draft has been pushed to October, but that'll give us something to talk about if and when it happens. He is Chris Fisher, and you can follow him on Twitter at Chris Fisher two four seven. Chris, always a pleasure. Stay safe, and I hope to see you soon. All right, thanks, Gabe. Take care. Have a good one. And that was Chris Fisher, brought to you, of course, on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. And we are back in a few on the Leach Report.
You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the cats. Welcome back to The Leach Report. Joining us now on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline is Tom's partner on the UK Football Network and one of my partners as well, Mr. Jeff Pacoro, who grew up literally right down the street from where I am right now at my home. He is at his home in northern <laughs> Kentucky right now. But I am, I am in the Pecoro, essentially in the neighborhood. So, uh, Champion, how are you this morning? I'm good, thank you. How are so, you? I, I am well, thank you so much. I'm going to chat with you a little bit about the Reds. We only have a few minutes, obviously. But yep. I'll ask you a similar question. as Mike Pratt, who, uh, of course, played big-time sports and coached it. And, of course, you played college football. But how much do you think – the interruption and the disruption of preseason practices will affect all college football teams. Do you think the the play we will see early in the season will be kind of shoddy because of that? You know, it's interesting. That's a great question because that's something, you know, I live up here in Northern Kentucky right across, you know, from Cincinnati, and that's the big thing they're talking about with Joe Burrow, the LSU quarterback, who's now the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, that, He'll have no preseason, and he'll jump right in to playing professional football. I think mm-hmm. it trickles down to the college level as well. I mean, I, I hear that uh, you know players when they have meetings, for instance, at UK, the offensive linemen, they all don't go in the meeting at the same time. Uh, if there's two players that play the same position, uh, if they Landon Young and um, you know one of the other tackles, Darren Gennard, Gennard, they yeah. don't go in at the same time. Uh, so as to not infect each other. So, yeah, so that's going to be really hard to get a cohesiveness from a unit. Now, it's going to help teams like Kentucky's offensive line because it's been there, you know, for years. That's the thing that's going to help. Uh, if you're trying to get a freshman or young guys to try to put them into the mix, I think that's really going to hurt. But for a team that uh, has 15 to 18 returning starters, I think they've got a huge step up against uh, uh, teams that are relying on some youngsters to play. People talk to you and me a lot about why didn't this guy play or that guy, or you know, and, and so often, as you well know, it comes down to what's happening in practice and, mm-hmm. you know, timing and repetitions and things like that. And just mm-hmm. the, the simple things, because, you know, I'll go to the practices we're allowed to go to, but the simple things like a, a handoff. You know, different running backs, as you know, hit the hole differently yep. than other RBs, and, and the quarterbacks are always working on their footwork and things like that. Why in the world can't you complete a simple handoff? Why did he stick that ball in his hip instead of in the bread basket? And it comes back to that sort of thing. And every team in America right now has got to be struggling with the notion of making that work perfectly in games. Intricacy in footwork is huge in football. Uh, if a guard has to pull, it's all about his first step. Yep. Does he clear that center with his first step? Um, you know, with a quarterback, as you were saying, uh, you know, a guy like Mark Higgs, you've got to get out of there as fast as possible to get the ball to him if he's running outside the tackle because he's going to get there before you can get, you know, the ball to him if you take a false step. So you're exactly right. There are guys that hit the hole. Benny Snell is another guy that just, you know, he was there as the quarterback was turning. You know, he's blasting by the quarterback. So you have got to be really quick at that, and it takes time. It's just like dancing. I mean, I talk about it all the time. In sports, rhythm is everything. Baseball, you want to have a great rhythm to your swing. 
You want to have the, you know, in golf, you got to have a great rhythm with your with your swing of the golf club. Football's the same way. You've got to have uh, good footwork and rhythm with those guys. You're pulling, you're trapping, guys hitting the hole, and that just takes time and repetition. And the problem is, you're not going to get a lot of that. Uh, because of what's going on. You know, I have never made that connection, but you're absolutely right, because it's the rhythm that makes it look easy. When you look at athletes doing things, Correct. especially golfers with a swing or, or Ted Williams with his swing, you know, you're like, man, that looks, you know, I can, but that's the thing. I could do that. No, you can't, you know, <laughs> even if you went out and practiced, you know, for eight months. But, uh, for instance, Fred Astaire, you know, made it look mm-hmm. so simple and and a lot of people ran out to take dance lessons when they would watch his movies, and they couldn't understand why can't it? Why don't I look like that? Well, because you know you're not him, and you haven't put in the hours and hours of, of reps. And by the way, his dance partner Ginger Rogers did everything he did yeah. only backwards. So, yeah. um, uh, but well, I, I think just, that's let me, fascinating. Let me just yeah, let me just build on that real quick. When we were, I think our sophomore year, yeah, uh, coach brought in um, instructors that were doing. Um, like ballet instructors really? um, to teach just like just basic footwork and stuff. Uh, we were doing that was remember you remember aerobics became huge sure. uh, in the in the eighties and stuff. But it was more of just the stepping uh, of how you did you know with footwork basically. I mean you look at you look at a guy like Jared Lorenzen who was playing at over three hundred pounds yet his footwork was exemplary. Yeah. I mean it was perfect. Yeah, and he was so light on his feet and that's what they were trying to get. You know, a lot of alignment and stuff to do, and uh, we all thought it was kind of hokey, but you know, it, it, it worked. <laughs> well, if if you have any other doubts, ask Derek Ramsey about getting into the right offense because the first offense they had him running, he was telling me he was stepping on running backs' feet and tripping over O linemen. So you know, because he was so big. But, right, right, uh, sure. but they finally found, as you know, the right attack for him. Uh, the Big Ten has released its schedule, and everything the SEC has been doing, uh, it seems, they, they kind of wait and see what happens. And I don't know if this has much to do with that or if, if the SEC schedule will have anything to do with it. But maybe we can expect the SEC schedule now that the Big Ten schedule has come out. But, of course, it all begins on Thursday, September 3rd, Ohio State and Illinois but what are your thoughts on the SEC's decision to go all conference games, no non-conference, and to play ten conference games? You know, I, I understand what Greg was trying to do, and, and what the uh, other athletic directors are trying to do is, you know, because of the—I I don't want to say inadequacies—because of the difference in money between the big conferences and, let's say, you know, the MAC, they don't have the money to do the testing that. Kentucky and Tennessee and Georgia and Florida and Alabama are going to be doing. So I understand why they say, you know what, we would rather just play our own. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. I think it gives you a truer picture of a champion. Um, you know, one of the things we always talked about Alabama through the years is, you know, they play the Citadel and they play, you know, three games Charles where there yeah. really aren't real good players, you know, teams they're playing against. Now you're going to get a, a, a truer champion of the southeastern conference because you're going to get to see almost all the teams and that's something that you you know adding those two games is huge to them in conference play uh and i don't mind it i know you know yes you've lost the that rivalry florida florida state georgia georgia tech kentucky louisville that's gone but you know again i I'm probably only going to be for one year we hope and um i i don't mind it at all 
Phil Fulmer went on a Knoxville radio station and said it was more about flexibility with scheduling. And I'm sure there was sure. a lot to that. And, and speaking of, there's only going to be one bye week. Now, the Big Ten yep. has uh, spread its buys over five different game weeks, which obviously is, is what you have to do. But as you well know, uh, the schedule is a lot more brutal now with yeah. nothing but yeah, conference sure. games and only one sure. bye week. And yeah. coaches say they don't like bye weeks, but you know they love them. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> what, 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 but, but again, you've got four extra weeks for the Big Ten as opposed to the SEC because the SEC is not starting till September 26th. So what is that? Three and a half weeks. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's a big difference too. But once the year begins, once that grind begins, and you only get the one off date, uh, but I think it also, I think that plays well into Kentucky's hands because of all the depth the Wildcats have built. It does. But, you know, Dick, when we, and again, go back to when you were in high school and, and, and when you were covering Kentucky, it, it, you know, for the Colonels, we didn't have any off weeks. True. You know, you played you played straight through. And, um, you know, it, it, I, it, I I, I, I'm kind of old school. Look, they don't do two a days anymore. <laughs> we did three a days. I'm sure, you know, and I, I, know. And I don't mean this as, oh, these guys, because they're bigger, stronger, and faster right. now than they were when, when I played. But we had three, we had two weeks that we were, you know, stuck in the dorm and no car. Uh, you got up in the morning, went to practice. You ate lunch, you went to practice. You ate dinner, went to practice. We had three practice. They had kicking practice at night, we all had 10. Um, so, you, you know, they, I, to say, oh, you got to play ten games with only one break, I, I you know, I, I don't think that. No, but I think kids now. Conditioned I think, at yes, they're conditioned differently yes. now than they were before. So. Right, they're they're used to that, but they <laughs> don't also. Get me on they, my, I know. On my soapbox. <laughs> they also adjust, but the other thing too is uh, I'm not sure when the scholarship limit changed. Uh, people, yeah. it's it's funny now, you know, with all this talk about cutbacks and budgets and, and i saw one guy say you know they ought to just have 45 players on a team that that's plenty you know and, <laughs> oh I mean, really why don't you call call gash and hutchison and those guys that played on the thin 30 and ask them what yeah, it's like <laughs> exactly you know and they they just don't understand um but back in the day you know i remember i think when i came to college 100 years ago there were 115 players you know, sure, so that sure. that that does make a big difference but i know you you, you sound old school but on the other hand kids adjust you know, it's like a, a, a horses adjust to the way they're ridden and the way they're uh, not that I'm comparing players to horses, but, you know, people adjust. That's just the way it is. Just about a minute left uh, with Jeff Picoro. Uh You may have already I may have already asked you this on my show, but I'll ask it again. Is there one player other than Terry Wilson you're really curious to see this year and see what kind of improvement or impact that kid can make? Ooh. I would say I, I think the offense is going to be fantastic this year. So to me, it's the defensive side. Mm. How much does a full year of recovery change how Pascal plays? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he can be a difference maker on that defense and moving him inside with if he can get that, ex, you know, he's getting that explosiveness back. Uh, he's a, what over a year now removed from the, his last surgery and things like that. Yep. He's one guy I really want to see play. And then, to me, the linebackers, how much more can we get from Boogie and uh, – and, uh, Square. Uh, um, uh, now nah, I was going to say the other uh, 17. I'm losing my mind. Well, you know, are you talking about DeAndre Square? Because Oates won't be playing. Yeah, DeAndre Square. DeAndre yeah. Square, yeah. DeAndre yeah. Square and, and Boogie. Those two guys I think could be 
huge playmakers for this defense. So those, those are two guys I'm really looking forward to seeing. And I, I really like the run. I want to see Cavassier Smoke get the ball mm-hmm. more in Rodriguez. So uh, I, I just they're packed on the offensive side. No, there's no question about it. And I was talking with Mike about the fact that, that you know now they've got new faces at running back, but they're all just a little different, which gives Eddie Grant and Darren Hinshaw so many more tools to work with. And you know I, yeah. I fully agree with you about the linebackers. Yeah, I know, if you don't mind me saying one thing, and I know you got to go, but real quick, Mike Cassidy. He's going through a tough time. Yes. Uh, former player and coach at UK. He's back uh, at getting treatment for okay. cancer. And so let's all say a prayer for him. Let's do that. Yeah, and a great guy and a heck of a football coach and a great player yeah. as well. Thank yeah. you, sir. We will see you down Bye, the road. Buddy. Stay safe. Appreciate that. That's Thanks, Jeff Pecoro of the UK Network, at Jeff Pecoro on Twitter. We'll come back and wrap up this edition of the Leach Report right after this. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. Thanks again to all of our guests here on the Leach Report. Mike Pratt, Chris Fisher, Jeff Pecoro. Thanks to Shannon the Dude for keeping us on the air. And I have uh, had a good time filling in for Tom, as I usually do. And a reminder, if you haven't seen the story, the SEC, which has not yet put out its schedule but might now on the heels of the Big Ten doing the same. The SEC has adjusted dates for preseason football activities. The first allowable practice is now scheduled for August the 17th. And, uh, you know, of course, they're not going to let the media into these practices. So how much preseason coverage there will be is going to be uh, up in the air. But we'll, we'll do the best we can. I can tell you that. But uh, schools will get 25 practices with a limit of 20 hours per week of practice time. And uh, there are all kinds of limitations on what they can do. But the SEC calendar gives the kids more days off than required by the NCAA and fewer practices than permitted by current NCAA rules. Thanks again for joining us. You've been listening to The Leach Report. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com. See you next time, right here on The Leach Report Radio.